Hello everyone, and welcome to this month's episode of I Don't Talk A Lot, the chaotic podcast where I will talk a lot about everything and anything on my own or with friends. So before I get into like the actual episode and like bookness I intend on talking about, I just wanted to quickly apologize because right up until before I started recording this, I was sick and my voice is still not like quite where it should be because, you know, coughs are great. They're not annoying at all. Anyways, <clears throat> but the quality might not be that great considering I also do record with my phone, so apologies in advance. So, for this month's episode, I'm going to be doing sort of a book a book-centered episode, and I'm going to kind of talk about some of the last books I read, because I read a lot, and I own a lot of books. I don't know why that's relevant, but I read a lot, so I figured why not do a podcast episode about it. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm going to, like, talk a bit about kind of what the book mostly centered around, my feelings towards like the plots the writing style and so on kind of around that general concept and try and make an episode out of it so yeah so the first book i'm going to talk about is the girl on the train by paula hawkins which is a mystery suspense and thriller novel this is one of the books i just finished the other day and I really liked it. I would probably give it about a 3 out of 5 because there were some parts that I really liked and throughout like the full first part of the book, the middle and most of the last half, but I was really disappointed with the ending because it was built up to make it seem like it was going to be this whole really big thing and the ending was a big thing, but I just, I felt like author introduced all these ideas and then just never elaborated on them and it was kind of felt like there were all these endings she left open and it was a really good book but I don't know I just I felt kind of disappointed with it so now I'm gonna read a summary of the book that I got online because I was too lazy to write my own So this is the summary on the back of the book for The Girl on the Train. Rachel takes the same commuter train every morning and night. Every day she rattles down the tracks, flashes past a stretch of cozy suburban homes, and stops at the signal that allows her to daily watch the same couple, breakfasting on their terrace. She's even started to feel like she knows them. Jess and Jason, she calls them. Their life, as she sees it, is perfect. Not unlike the life she recently lost. Until today, when she sees something shocking. It's only a minute until the train moves, but it's still enough. Now everything's changed. Unable to keep it to herself, Rachel goes to the police. But is she really as unreliable as they say? Soon she's deeply entangled, not only in the investigation, but in the life of everyone involved. Has she done more harm than good? So, the next book I'm going to talk about is They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. Um, to start it off, I'm going to read a summary on it, and because, once again, I did not write one, I'm just going to read the back of the book. So, yeah. 
We here at Last Friends Incorporated are collectively sorry for the loss of you. Our deepest sympathies extend to those who love you and those who will never meet you. We hope you find a new friend of value to spend your final hours with today. On September 5th, a little after midnight, death cast calls Mateo Torres and Rufus Ametrio. Just ignore the fact I can't pronounce that. To deliver some bad news, they're going to die in less than 24 hours. Mateo and Rufus are total strangers, but for different reasons, they're both looking to make a new friend on their end day. The good news is there's an app for that. It's called Last Friends, and through it, Rufus and Mateo meet up for one final epic adventure to live a lifetime in a single day. I think this book might have been one of my favorites I've read this year. Because they both die at the end and set in a time where they've invented the technology to find out when you will die but not how. So when you receive the call from like the Death Watch people or like the people who call you and to let you know you're gonna die. So you basically just, you know, carry on with your everyday life hoping an anvil doesn't just, you know, fall from the sky and just casually kill you. Um, I really liked that this book had multiple points of view. Because it was kind of cool because they would bounce around between the main two storyline or the main two people who were telling the story, which were Mateus and Mateus, Mateo and Rufus, because they were the main two people. But occasionally they would kind of like flip around to someone else who they were interacting with, but wasn't a main character. So it was kind of cool that because the author just slightly hinted at those other people's storylines, but never went into full detail. So I found that really interesting. Um, overall, I thought They Both Die at the End was an amazing book with a terrible yet wonderful ending that made me actually throw my copy against the room. Or not against the room, that's not English. Against the other side of the room. I was sitting on my couch and quite literally chucked it and it ended up somewhere down my hallway. I got some funny looks from my family, but... It was justified, because the ending of that book is terrible in a wonderful way. And then I then proceeded to rant on and on and on about it for over four million weeks after that. I even convinced some of my friends to read it, because I just ranted on about the ending so much that they eventually got tired of hearing me rant about it. So then they read it, and they, they were joining me, because the ending of it was just so good that it it leaves you being like, okay, what's happening now? Because it's almost as if it ends mid-sentence. And it's like the author left room for a sequel, which he actually did write, although it wasn't a sequel, it was a prequel, which was kind of sad because I was really eager to find out what happened to everyone at the end of the book. Um, overall, I would give it a 10 out of 10 and 100% recommend it. So the next book I'm going to talk about is called Fairest of All, and it is the first in the Disney Villain series by Serena Valentino, which are essentially just like prequels to the lives of the Disney villains. And the first one is from the perspective of the evil queen. Well, it's not from her perspective because they're written in third person, but it's it's her story and it's kind of, it talks about her life before... She even met Snow White, and just everything that happened that led her to turn into the villain she was, and then it eventually even leads into the story that is well known in the movies and books and everything in that entire franchise, and then 
after they've discussed the movie portions, that's or not the movie portion, like the the known telling, then Serena Valentino actually goes into kind of her own interpretation of it, which she actually then uses to attach it with other books in the series. So now in this book series, I think there are probably about 10, maybe, don't quote me on it, different books from different villains' perspectives. I have yet to finish all of them. I'm only on, like, book six, I think. But I find them really interesting because it's it's cool to see kind of a different perspective. Because in books, they always, like, they always talk a lot about the protagonist because obviously they are the protagonist, like, they are the reasoning for the story most of the time and they always have like a really not always but most of the time there's always a large explanation on their past but I find with villains you never really get that so that's one of the things I like about this series and I liked about this book because it's it answers some of the questions that you're just kind of like well why is this all like that but anyways I really liked reading it and I thought it was pretty good. It was a easy enough read. It's only about 200 pages-ish. And the covers of them are really cool because they, the cover of the whole series is based off of what Disney villain it is. It is half of their face. And it's them as like how they're normally perceived or seen. And then for the hardcovers, if you open up, like, the paper cover to see, like, the actual book cover, they have, like, their corrupted version on it. So, like, for, or not necessarily the corrupted version, but maybe, like, their disguise or their human version. Like, book two is from the Beast perspective, and I know he isn't technically a villain, but he, it's how that is perceived in that story, but... The cover is him as the beast, and then you open it up, and it's him as the prince. Or, like, book three is Ursula, and it's her as the sea witch, and then you open it up, and it's when she's, like, the human girl on land and stuff. Anyways, I thought it was pretty cool, and I recommend the book. Um, reading it is pretty easy, and it's, it's an easy read. It's good. It's light. Fluffy. But I recommend it. The next book I'm going to talk about is The Summer I Turned Pretty by Jenny Han, and it is the first book in the Summer Trilogy. I'm pretty sure it's called the Summer Trilogy. I don't really know, because if it's not called that, then I have been calling it the wrong thing for the last five years that I reread it and read it. Anyways, I'll read a summary now, because yeah. When summer begins, Belly leaves her school life behind and escapes to Cousins Beach, the place she has spent every summer of her life. Not only does the beach house mean home away from home, but her favorite people are there. Susanna, her mother's best friend, and her sons, Conrad and Jeremiah. Belly has been chasing Conrad for as long as she can remember, and more than anything, she hopes the summer will be different. Despite distractions from a new guy named Cam and lingering looks from Conrad's brother, Jeremiah. Belly's heart belongs to Conrad. Will he offer his to her? Will this be the summer that everything changes? So it's... I don't know. I really like the book series. I've read the trilogy a lot to the point where, like, the pages are quite worn and stuff. But it also just got adopted into a TV show. And season one came out in June. Yeah, last June. 
and I may or may not have stayed up just to the point where it was released, watched the beginning of it, and then went to bed and finished the rest of it the very next day. And they're actually, they just finished filming season two of it, so that's exciting, but... I don't know, they're really good books, and it, it sounds kind of weird, especially, like, when you first read the description on the back. The main character's name is Belly. Well, her name's not really Belly, that's just what everyone calls her. Her real name's Isabella. I don't, it, I don't know why she doesn't just go by Bella, but I kind of like the fact that she goes by Belly, because it's kind of, it's unusual, you know? But, I don't know, it's a good book, and I quite like it. The other two in the trilogy, the second one is called It's Not Summer Without You, and the third is called We'll Always Have Summer. And that is all for this month's episode. If you made it this far into the episode, thank you for listening. If not, hey, at least you keep trying. (laughs) Anyways, um, if you have any suggestions for episodes or anything in particular you'd like to see in the ways of content... There will be a question, poll, answer thing at the bottom of this episode, kind of by the title and stuff when you play it, so that will be open. Anyways, thank you again for listening, and yeah.